1: hey everybody welcome to the single tracks podcast my name is Jeff and today my special guest is Chris Aitgrig. so Chris is known around the world for his incredible bike handling skills and his creative approach to riding on basically anything with two wheels his latest series of videos focuses on creating fun and challenging bike features out of natural surroundings thanks for joining us Chris I know you do Doing great. So you're known for your trials riding skills and for being able to ride pretty much any bike anywhere. How did you get started and how do you develop those skills?
2: I guess the reason I sort of started riding was my dad. He was a motorbike trials rider. And then as a young kid, I used to sort of like, you know, have a, a little bike and he just used to throw that in the trailer with the motorbike. And I just go and, you know, obviously like pretend to be a motorbike rider <laughs> on a little push bike. And then, yeah, I guess no real reason, just you know having fun and just logical progression you know you just get better and better and then it got to a point where i wanted my own motorbike and i started riding motorbike trials for quite a long time mm-hmm. before cycle trials and then yeah there was a local event on a british championship round and i used to ride pushback trials sort of in the background but didn't it was just like a bit of a a thing that i did want to couldn't get a chance to ride a motorbike mm-hmm. so like but i was pretty handy on a on a on a push bike. um so we went and did this uh, competition. I actually won the class that I entered, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is pretty good fun." Like you know, this is a like this is a sport like in its own its own right. So I sort of like it just got you know I started riding um, bicycle competitions and doing pretty well. And then it just got to a point where my dad was like, "Well, you can do one or the other." You know, it's like I was spending a lot of time, you know, on my push bike and not as much the motorbike, and just sort of made a made a choice and then just went. You know, just started doing push bike trials more than doing the British Championship um, series.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, I haven't done any motorbike riding myself. I mean, it seems like once you do that, you just want to do that all the time. You have all that power and, you know, speed, not in trials, but it seems seems to me weird that you would choose the push bike. What was it about that that, like, made it more interesting for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess I sort of did it like the other way around. A lot of people, you know, go to motorbikes and, like you said, stay on motorbikes. There's, I guess, there's a couple of different reasons for like, for one, when you're a young kid, you know, before you can drive and take yourself around, you know, we, it was like I had to wait, you know, for the weekend or when my dad was available to take me riding, you know. Whereas the pushback side of things, I could just go anytime, you know, straight out my door and find stuff to ride. And I don't know. I think it's, it just felt in some ways better because I think I felt like the learning curve on the on the cycle trials for me was like, you know a lot more interesting than motorbikes and that. and the other thing was like expense as well
0: mm.
2: you know like if you went out and wrecked a motorbike because i was getting to a point on a motorbike where i was getting pretty good you know like you know doing like british rounds and stuff and it just got to a point where like if you had a bad weekend you'd be you know it's an expensive hobby right you know, and then bikes just seemed to be at that point you know i was working in a bike shop so parts were a little bit you know more accessible for me mm. so it was uh, yeah it was yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it was, really, just like, you know, just yeah. sort of the expense of it and uh, the accessibility, really.
1: Right. Interesting. So would you say that bike handling skills come naturally to you, or do you have to work at it a lot?
2: I mean, a lot of people, there's all sorts of different sort of variations, whether, you know, you're born with it or not. I don't know. I just I think think the, the thing that I was like, you know, I was always wanting to progress, and I was like, you know, very determined. Mm-hmm. So that, I, mean, I think that's as much as, you know, if you want to learn something, you've got no, no determination you're never sort of going to learn. But if you got, you know, like in your characters, you know, you're a determined person, then I think you just keep bashing away at something until you sort of get it right. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, what I had and what I still have, I think, you know, especially, I mean, I think my motivation and stuff like it's different now, but you know, the determination is still like, you know, the same.
1: Hmm. Do you see yourself as a risk taker? Like, is that part of it? Like being able to take those risks and to try new things?
2: No, I don't think I'm a risk taker at all. Hmm. Quite the opposite really. I think like, I'm pretty calculated in what I do. I can probably, like, name, you know, a couple of times on my hand when I feel like I've been reckless and, you know, like, maybe just a bit like throwing caution to the wind, Mm -hmm. not knowing. Generally speaking, when I'm doing something, I'm pretty certain I can do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like saying that I don't want to push myself, but it's like I've always been confident of my ability sort of thing, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I guess, I mean, that takes time to build up to all those things that you're able to do now. I guess the risk would be if you try to jump to the next level before you're ready, but sounds like putting the time in and practicing and all the hard work is what gets you to where you are.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, I, th- I think from trials is, you know, that's my, part of it. that's my background and it's not really sort of a, I dunno, it's like, you don't see many trials where there's really taken any sort of big risks. It's more like, you know, it's it's all about trying to keep under control at all times. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I have, yes, I've sort of, at certain times in, you know, my riding career, like maybe I stepped more into different realms, you know, when I started riding a bit more on the downhill bike and stuff, I think that's more like, you know, I think like it's, I think it's just all that momentum and everything. I think there's more like risk involved in that. I mean, I'm sure the top boys, I don't know, I'd probably argue either way, but for me, when I was riding downhill and, you know, doing more sort of like jump orientated stuff and blasting off bigger gaps and all that sort of thing. I think there's more risk involved in that, you know, I think so.
1: Yeah. Well, you're modest because, I mean, if, you know, if, if I'm watching a trials competition, to me, that stuff looks risky, right? I mean, sure, you you know, you're only going to fall 10 feet or something, but it's still, it looks pretty impressive. And it for a normal person, it, it does look risky, I guess I would say.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm just used to it and it's it doesn't really, I mean, I don't know if I really class myself as a trials rider now. I mean, I know my roots, and that's what it is, you know. But yeah, I guess I am still a trials rider. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't think you really realize how hard stuff is until it starts going wrong. Yeah. You know, when it all goes nice, it just looks really easy and, like, you know, nice and tame. But when things start going wrong, and, you know, you, f- or when you fall, It just shows you how much sort of, you know, how difficult stuff is, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, last week I was watching your uh, career documentary from there to here. And (laughs) in that video, you said during the early 2000s that for you, like the trials competitions and things like that, it, it wasn't about the competition anymore. It was it was starting to be about the bit in between that you're interested in getting the camera out, finding places to ride. So have things changed for you in terms of your motivation since then, or how you're able to like leverage things like social media now?
2: Yeah. I mean, that point where I switched to sort of not wanting to do competition and just, you know, like they obviously like I'm saying the they're, they're traveling and they're going to locations and riding more sort of like street oriented stuff. I mean, I'd done like 10 years of competition trials at that point you know like you know uk and world stuff you know on top of the motorbike trials that i'd done yeah. and i just got to a point where it's, just like, it's quite a lot of years doing it you know and it's like i think obviously like the whole media sort of landscape changed mm-hmm. you know like 10 years before that i wouldn't have been able to do it because it just wasn't there and it wasn't like you you know YouTube and podcasts and all that sort of stuff, just and Instagram and all that wasn't there. You couldn't do it. But, you know, it's like now it's like, I don't know, it's completely different. Sort of like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the early 2000s. I mean, YouTube, I guess it was around then. I don't know. Maybe you were one of the pioneers there.
2: Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, just started, I think. Yeah. I mean, I started, I think once I started doing a couple of, I mean, back then they were like called podcasts where you would put like a little video together and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of time you get them on like uh, iTunes, I think like earlier, on yeah oh yeah yeah that's when everything really changed really I mean I think at that point I mean I don't think I'd have been bothered either way if I carried on riding or I could you know <laughs> it was at yeah. a point where you know something needed to happen right it was like and I was still sort of working in a shop at that point as well yeah so you know alongside it so it would either start doing you know start riding full-time making videos or just sort of like put riding on the back burner so to speak and just sort of just have a sort of semi-normal job I guess
1: Yeah. Well, has it allowed you to be like more creative and uh, sort of pursue the things that you think are interesting versus, I mean, competition obviously is really rigid and, you know, there are all kinds of rules and things. So how has that changed, like your writing style or your creativity, I guess?
2: I mean, obviously, like the competition trial stuff is like, yeah, like you say, super strict, but it all just got to a point where everything just weights and measures. I always used to say it was like, how high could you hop, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it seemed really regimental. And I just, there was no room for sort of um, expressing yourself. And I was riding a lot of BMX at the time as well. So that sort of quite a lot of a spin on my riding because I saw, started picking up, you know, like a different sort of, you know, going from like riding BMX, uh, riding trials to like riding a lot of BMX. we just like, wow, you know, this is totally different, you know, like nice and flowy and just like, you know, tricks started coming into my riding. and yeah, And I think then rode a bit of downhill as well. They raced a bit of downhill for a while and then i think it just got to a point where just like and fixy riding all that stuff just got thrown into like <laughs> this big melting pot of like different you know yeah you know different riding styles genres whatever you'd like to call it and sort of feel like that with i'd say like i had a fairly decent eye for seeing what looks good on film mm-hmm. you know that just all that thrown in together It's it's um Sort of an, an ideal situation, really. Yeah. And, and obviously, like, you know, I'd, I got lucky with, like riding, when I first started really riding like suspension bikes and all that sort of stuff, I got on board with Mongoose. And that was a, obviously, I'd gone from being sponsored for a um, company that had like just trials bikes. And then all of a sudden, I opened the door to like fixes, BMX, you know, down bikes, you know, whatever, other things, you know, like, you know, 150 bikes and stuff. And that was just like, wow taking all these other bikes and just putting my spin on it you know putting a trial spin on it mm-hmm. you know it's uh yeah that was just like right okay i'm back into riding now <laughs> you know i'd sort of fallen out of love with bike riding really interesting and then like you know when i start doing videos and riding for mongoose that was just like right cool that's just like it's you know there's no limits now really like you know like not to sound too silly or anything but it's like it's just as much as you want your imagination sort of
1: yeah, that's really cool to be in that position. I mean, I was going to ask about that transition from competition to the more creative stuff. You know, it seems like, especially at that time, a lot of sponsor racers, competitors, um, and you know, they would look at results and like, what do you, you know, what are you doing for them in terms of that stuff? But then shifting to this more of like a creative approach was that hard at the time like was it risky or or did the mongoose thing just kind of fall into place and they were like on board from the beginning
2: i think for me it was like it was better for me as soon as i started doing all the you know i mean it's not as big as it is now but when i first started doing videos and stuff that i was like pretty early early into it Mm -hmm. you know i was like soon as that sort of started coming around i mean i I always used to film anyway like i just had a camera and we just used to film each other just doing stupid stuff (laughs) and it just got to a point where all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, we should put this together and then we can put it out. And then they started becoming ways and means of doing that, right? You can't sort of you know to people coming up nowadays, you can't just get it across how difficult that used to be, yeah, compared to now. You got your phone, you just go, cool, <laughs> two seconds later, it's you know, you've, you've made a video, you've put it up, and right, 100 people have seen it or whatever. Back then, it was just like, yeah, in a month, we can have got some footage, we'll have somehow got it together on a bloody computer that takes a week to edit and then like, you know, put it out onto something that nobody's going to watch. So it's completely different now.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, when you film your videos, especially like this, this series that's coming out this week, actually, what's your like film crew? Like, is it just like you and a camera or do you have like a couple buddies that go out with you or like how big of a production is it these days for you?
2: I mean, it's gone from literally sort of press-ganging people to come and film me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'd have, like, I'd I'd find something to ride. I'd be just like, right, give a couple of people a ring, mm-hmm. right? He's not available, or he is, you know, whoever's around. <laughs> come here. I'll set a tripod up. You press this button, this red button. And then you want me in the frame, like, you know, this. And then when I move there, I do this. And then, you know.
1: <laughs> You're the director and the actor.
2: Yeah, and then if nobody was around, I'd literally just put it on a tripod. And, you know, that was that was my film crew. But now it's, yeah. you know, I've got to a point where, you know, I've got like a guy that I use quite a lot, mm-hmm. and he's really good. We get on really well. Got a good, uh, you know, got a good setup, um and yeah, I just I just find stuff, or we just put and throw an idea around together, and then just give him a ring. It's like you're available this week or whenever these two days, and then we'll just go and mm-hmm. get together, have a bit of an idea, you know. And he sort of knows what I like, and you know, he knows what I like. So we just go and do that, and uh, yeah, it's really good. It's Let's me concentrate on riding and he can do his thing and I can do my thing It's just an easy, an easy setup.
1: Yeah, that's really nice. So in one of your videos, you talk about your approach to riding that sounds really familiar to mountain bikers, you know, getting from point A to point B without putting your foot down. What is it that you find so satisfying about cleaning a technical trail or like a really big feature that you find along the way?
2: I think that's just ingrained from, you know, my trials background really, because that's all that is, you know, a section in of trials of competition is literally getting from A to B without putting your foot down I think that's just yeah I just find sort of small competition lines that you know are probably more aesthetically pleasing than <laughs> hopping around on a back wheel which you know as much as it's amazing and the lads nowadays are super talented it's you know I think from a it doesn't look sometimes that pleasing you know but still you know it's like If it gets to a form that it's so technical, you know, I don't think it can be. That's one thing that I really like to do. Finding something that's crazy technical and difficult to ride and then, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to make it look good as well.
1: Yeah. So how do you deal with like failure in that situation or frustration? Like if there, if you see a section, you're like, all right, I want to ride a to b without putting my foot down and and you don't get it the first try or the second try or the 10th try like what do you do how do you like get in the mental space to to make it happen
2: it's i think it's just like it's just it's like a cycle really to be fair Mm. it's like a cycle thing you know it's like if you go and do something first time it's like well that's all well and good you know as long as it's good Mm -hmm. but you know generally speaking if i did something the first time i'd probably want to change it to make it harder i'll put some extra in there to make it harder yeah but I, yeah, I mean, it's just a cycle thing. I think it all depends on how literally how you've woke up that morning, <laughs> how you're feeling. You know, it's like you know if you if you've got plenty of energy and stuff, it's not really that. It's just right. Okay, yeah, we've got a challenge on our hands, and it's sometimes like a joke to Will, like the filmer, you know, go out with quite a lot, and it's just like all right here we go. This one could be uh, first time. This could be like thousands of time. You know, it's like you just don't know. Like sometimes it's like that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it does get frustrating, you know. Like and it it can come out in. A bit of shouting, or you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's you just got off events sometimes, or you, you know, it probably goes from being quite calm to yeah, shouting some <laughs> interesting words. Probably.
1: <laughs> are there ever times where you just have to give up? You just have to say like, nope, like that's not happening. Or, or are you like super hard headed and you're like, I've got to do it, and I'm gonna stay out here till it gets dark?
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, I'd like to say that I've like probably chilled out a little bit with that. <laughs> if I get into a battle and I know that I should have had it if i can if i know that i can do it and it's i'll stay there for as long as my body will allow Mm -hmm. that's normally quite a decent amount of time really because i can it's you sort of just like become you get some sort of you know some some energy boost and it's like you're just scraping the barrel massively you know to sometimes do stuff and then at that point if you do something you've just been doing it for that long sometimes just like you know, I should have had that, like, you know, an hour ago sort of thing, and it just you're just annoyed with yourself. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it can be, like, you get it and you'll just think, you know, top of the world, amazing, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's I mean, it, it's all to do with, like, sometimes what it actually is you're riding as well. Mm-hmm. If you're riding something quite dangerous, you don't want it to be more than one go. you know. You want it to be, you know, you want to get it s- straight, you know. There's no room for error, so it's just, like, you've got to be super calm. You've just got to be on your game and know, you know, you just got to hit a mark, you know. Mm-hmm. And then some other stuff, it's like, well it's not dangerous in a way, but you know, you know, it's going to be super technical and you just want everything perfect. Yeah. Then I'll do something and then I'll, like, we'll will just say, Oh, we've got that. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Like my pedal or a like, pedal back. I did a half pedal or something. I like, you know, I want. I just, I don't know. I'm yeah. pretty anal, I guess about some stuff.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that, you know, it sounds like if it's dangerous, sometimes maybe that like focuses you down even more where you're like, I'm going to get it right the first time versus if it's not dangerous, you know, you're, maybe you're not as, as focused on it and you, I don't know, it, it seems like it's a mental head game for sure.
2: Yeah. Massively always. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just any sort of riding discipline and probably goes across, you know, a massive board is that, you know, if something's a bit sketchy, you, you, you know, you sort of do focus cause you have to, cause you know, the side effects aren't great.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems like too, just from all your experience with trials riding and, and all the technical things that you do on the bike, that seems like that would carry over into like confidence in life, right? I mean, is that, do you feel like you're able to, to deal with challenging situations like in your personal life better because of like what you've learned through your bike riding?
2: I don't know, really. I've never <laughs> really thought about that. <laughs> um, good question. I don't know. I think, I think I'm like, I'm, pretty practical i think, I think from a riding point of view i think that's what's you know i'm a very very practical hands-on person you know i can sort of you know i can i don't know i guess maybe i see things differently than other people but you know everything's sort of overcomable you know it's easy, it's easy to sort of like work out yeah you know, a, a problem you know like it's not a problem it's just like right how can we do this you know it's not just like oh you know start screaming and you know it's just like no it's just like so take a step back and work it out and then you know attack sort of thing
1: yeah that's that's a great way to look at stuff So your writing style is really physical and obviously you have to have a lot of strength and endurance to get through some of the lines you choose for yourself. And then on top of that, sessioning things over and over again, especially when you're filming. So how are you able to train and keep your fitness level so high?
2: I don't train is really honest answer. Yeah. I've never been to a gym. (laughs) Every time I went to a gym is when I brought my leg and that was just like rehab, and that was like obviously because I'd been off a bike for wow. months and months and just had to get some strength back into my little skinny leg. But mm-hmm. other than that, no, I've never done any any gym work or any of that sort of stuff, never trained. Hmm. But I mean like I think then like people would probably look at what I actually do and think, well, it, it's just, I just ride my bike, <laughs> you know, yeah. and sometimes I'll go – I sort of go through phases. I'm really weird. I just, I'll sometimes I'll ride every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes I'll just won't bother for a week. Oh wow. And I've got to, like, I've always done like, I've always been like that since I was younger. Just, I just worked out one day that going riding when you're not into it, just do not make any sense. Cause it's just like, I'm really bad. If somebody says go and do something, I won't do it. Like I just don't, I don't want to be told what to do. Even with my, like if I tell myself, pardon me to go riding. Yeah. It just like, I don't, it just doesn't work for me, you know? And then I think at the start of this year I've done a little bit more sort of I've been trying to go out and just ride technical stuff mm-hmm. so I've not really been going sometimes I do XC like rides and stuff but not maybe like a good little you know little 14 mile loop or something like that it was around where I live is like super hilly so I guess you could if you wanted to call that training it's training you know but I don't do it that often but I think like we were joking about the, like you said that the, the little um, series that I've sort of started it's almost like Filming's just for me personally like filming is just like where I like to put my energy mm-hmm. and if like you know if we if I go filming once I start filming stuff it's just like that's when you just yeah even like if you're just going like for four days five days filming you sort of know you really feel it yeah and that just like you know it keeps your level up but I feel like just I like going recently I've just been doing a lot of technical stuff so I've not really been doing like miles or anything it's just been literally going to a local place which is like like four and five miles away, Mm -hmm. just loads of rocks and like little climbs and stuff and do some technical stuff, do some technical climbs and all that sort of stuff. So it's just keeping you sort of bike, bike fresh, you know, bike fit, I guess.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, what part of riding would you say is physical versus mental? I mean, it almost sounds like you're saying you're you're almost like able to will yourself into doing these things that, you know, the body is not like necessarily what's going to hold you back. It's just like, are you, are you feeling it today? And if not, then not gonna not gonna do it.
2: Yeah, I think it's just autopilot as well a lot of the time. It's you know, I've been doing it I'm pretty old now and I've been doing it since I was like, you know, riding probably bikes since so, were, you know, maybe I think I remember my first bike with like, you know, like riding sort of semi technical stuff when I started doing rocks and stuff. We were like seven years old. Oh wow. So it's a long time. So it's like I can't get on my bike and do stuff on it. It's going to be a bit of an issue, isn't it? I've been riding for like, you know, over 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just, I guess it's just all there. But I, I mean, it's probably wrong to say that I don't train. It's just that I don't see it as training, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. It's just being on the bike, really.
1: Right. Interesting.
2: That's all I like doing, really.
1: Have you had to change that approach as you've gotten older? Or has it, I mean, it sounds like it's pretty much stayed the same for you.
2: Yeah, for me, it's just like it's always been. If I if I'm into riding, and I really want to go riding, I'll go riding. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling it that day, I just won't bother. It's like it's not oh, bloody hell, I haven't been out for five days. I really need to go out today yeah. to do something. It's just like look outside, and it's absolutely smashing it down. It's freezing cold, which it is today. <laughs> it's like you know, maybe when I was you know twenty years old, I might have probably gone out, but now it's just like you know, I just it's not that I'm not motivated enough. It's just like you know, I know that yeah. one day is not going to do me any You know, it's not going to change my riding career. And if I go riding today, you know, I'll go tomorrow when it's, you know, I'm into it and do twice as much or, you
1: know,
2: just find it fun. And I think, you know, like people might look at it and think, well, you know, you should be riding every day and all that sort of stuff. But it's like keeping motivation going for, you know, I've been riding for Mongoose for 12 years, I think. Mm -hmm. And then that was like, I think I've been on the world team for like 12, 11 or 12 years. And then that before that, I was, you know, on, on other various other people. So I've probably, like, had some sort of sponsorship on a bike since I was about 18, 19. Yeah. So probably 20-odd 20, 20 years, of you know, bike riding. So, like, it's, like, uh, you know, come, it's a long time to keep motivation, but, like, it's still all there, you know, which is good.
1: Yeah, that's really awesome. You mentioned having a broken leg at one point, and you've had various other injuries as well over the years that I imagine kept you off the bike for a little bit of time how do you approach recovery from both a physical and a mental standpoint
2: when you're young you don't really think about it it's just like you know you do something it's just like you don't really so i didn't really sort of attack it from any angle you know it wasn't really that important it was just like right i'll get better and then i'll just start riding again but i guess mm-hmm. you know like i guess a lot of professional athletes will tell you they probably like they're pretty much a physio by the time they've been doing it for a while you know it's like if you if you feel something's gone you probably like you probably had something similar or you know somebody who has or you know, you you can pretty much, like, know what you're in for. So, it's, you know, you can set yourself up for it. I mean, the broken leg is, my you know, my worst injury. And that was just, like, you just wanted to, you know, obviously just do every single thing you could do to get back on the bike at that point. Because yeah. you just knew that it was going to be, like, this is, like, this is different. You know, it was a totally different injury to what I'd had. It was, like, a lot of injuries in one sort of thing. I did my wrist and, I, you know... And I did my leg like pretty in, femur into four pieces, which were pretty severe, you know. So it was like, Jeez. it took a long time to heal and it was like getting pretty worrying at one point. So it was like, and then, yeah, I mean, if, from a mental point of view, you just need to be like super strong. I was like mega focused all the way through that, you know, I like really took it seriously. Like, you know, yeah, really into like, you know, eating properly, like, you know, I mean, I don't eat bad, but it was like, you just research it and find out, you know, you really get yourself sorted for it. Yeah. So you just think it's just, it's just like a lot of things you just get better at dealing with things older you get
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i've always like you know like if you want to get you know if you're a professional athlete you want to get back to doing what you you know you, you love you know and at end of the day it's your sort of job as well you know so <laughs> that factors in as well right but a lot of people don't know i brought my leg again pretty much a year to the day after that oh no yeah so that was that was a tester
1: <laughs> oh man
2: yeah i i it was all healed and stuff and they were like yeah cool it's all good and i just started like really getting back on my bike and i was like uh-huh. in a, up a mountain in austria came around the corner like i've been going pretty hard all day and i was like right just take a step back steady away like you know and i was like just at that point where i was like right i'll sit at the back of this group now and just chill out you know yeah and, uh, came around clipped a pedal straight up the handlebars got like trapped in the bike and the bike like twisted my leg around like and uh-huh. i got a spiral fracture off a, off my um my fracture site off my old one so I basically, like, broke my leg in Austria, and then so that was like, that was like, yeah, a tear came to my eye that day because it's just like,
1: yeah, so you, as
2: you can imagine, you just got back going again, and it's all of a sudden it's like, it's yeah. like this is I know exactly what I need to be doing now, right? And I'd driven to Austria.
1: Oh man, <laughs> did you drove yourself home after that?
2: Yeah, twenty three hours, door to door.
1: Jeez,
2: but I had a steel rod in my leg anyway, so it wasn't going anywhere. It's just like a lot of pain
1: for 24 hours yeah oh i really like what you said i mean sounds like the mental approach is you you know you're able to take that like focus and that competitive energy and put it toward your recovery you know like you're not on the bike you can't can't do that stuff and so if you just focus on getting better and doing all the physical therapy and eating right and doing all the stuff you need to do like that'll get you back And, and at least it gives you something to focus on some like goal to work toward which makes a lot of sense.
2: I think for me as well. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, that was quite a while ago now, but like at, at the time, I remember. I mean, I think if you've been riding for a long time or if you've been doing something for a long time, you just think, you know, when what when are you going to get a feeling of just like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to do it anymore or something? And it's just like, well, at that point, you'd be probably thinking you'd be pretty low on it all, and be like, well, maybe now I just start looking into doing something else. And but for me, like, it was like really it felt good for me because I was like, come out of it, got back on my bike, and just like, yeah, I really know that I still love and really want to ride my bike, you know? Oh yeah. So it it's like it's like a really sort of yeah sort of not that you need it, but like it's a good assurance that, you know, you still love it and you want to get back on your bike that much and do your thing, you know? It's like Yeah. So like you fall in love with riding again, I guess. Because you gotta almost go and relearn stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like makes you appreciate it all the more. That's really cool. So you've done a lot of films and really cool projects during your career. Which ones have been your favourites?
2: Don't know, I think Like, um, did one like Call Five, and that was like five different bikes in one video. Oh, right. And it was just like, that was always like, that was a real fun one to do. And then there's been like, I don't know, there's been so many. It's hard to choose, really, because each one's got its own little particular sort of quirkiness going on. And it's, um, yeah, I think, um, As It Lies was, that was, yeah, because that was all shot like real local to me. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that was one of my, yeah, that was a really hard video to do because there's a lot of, a lot of really hard from a, Grip point of view, you know, like super slippy. Mm-hmm. It was all like really slippy and really hard to ride. But I, I mean, sometimes you just can't get across how difficult stuff is to ride on film and it's just like age old thing. You just,
1: oh, I think you did. I think you did. I watched that video and I'm like white knuckling my seat because I'm <laughs> in my chair because I'm like, oh my goodness, you would slip on that stuff.
2: There's some funny moments out of that. Like, I think I can't just remember. We hadn't, like my, my, my girlfriend at the time is now my wife. And that was the first time she'd actually come with me filming, to watch me film. Yeah. So she'd never seen me, like, ride. She sort of half knew what I did when I was out and about, but she didn't realize, like, how serious some of the stuff was, you know, like, how hard it is. <laughs> and that's a lot of people come out and they just go, is that that thing from that video? I just like, yeah. It's just like, what? <laughs> Which is annoying sometimes, but, like, really, you know, affirming as well. But And now she, she was there and we were like, it was a blind drop. It's a drop that looks nothing on that and it's a really nasty narrow landing. And it was like you had to come around. and I literally like got a rock and like marked a little line on it. Yeah. Two lines. So I knew, but you couldn't see the drop until you got on top of it. Yeah. And there's a little hollow and you had to go off it. And I was like, I was tripping out because I went into it a couple of times and like just got to the edge and I was just like, oh man, this is yeah. This is grim. You know, like I need to be I just don't know how this is gonna land, you know. So I was like uh-huh. so I just said to Will, right, I'm going this time, no matter what, I'm just gonna go, like and then whatever will be will be sort of thing. Yeah. And like I don't think you can, I think Will chopped it out but like Gem will like behind this rock like hiding cause she couldn't watch it, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. She was like, Yeah, I mean it's 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 good sometimes when you're out filming and there's people's getting nervous, it's yeah, it knows you're doing something well if you're doing
1: that. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you did that just one time, right? Like rolled up to it a bunch of times, but then you only did it once and you're like, good, we got it.
2: <laughs> I got away with it so bad. Like it was, yeah, I could say like, there's a handful of occasions, probably when I think about this, probably a lot more, but there's a handful of occasions I can remember thinking this is, you know, like it could go way. especially like with blind, mm-hmm. blind drops, like, you know, like them sort of things. Yeah. You just, you just don't. Blind drops and, like, little technical bits just before you drop as well. Because that was, like, yeah. there was a little hollow that got your wheel as well. Uh-huh. So you had to drive through that as you were dropping off. So you really couldn't, you know, it was just like an educated guess to how you'd feel when you did it, sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and you said earlier you don't take risks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah you just go into autopilot sometimes.
1: Right. You have to. Right on. Well, so what are your favorite places to ride off road? Do you like the stuff local to you or are there places that you'd like to travel to ride and, and check out?
2: Yeah. I think like, I mean, local stuff's like, I really like local stuff. Cause you can always like, you know, these places where I go riding sort of every week, mm-hmm. it's good. Cause you know, them areas so well, you know, they're only really small areas, but you know, you've got your little warm up line, you've got your, you know, your stuff. And it's like, for what I do, you can just, a lot of time just find different lines in like a really small area right or a variation of that and then a variation of that and then add this to it and that's what I like to ride like that's sit down chill out and then doing a little bit more riding and just like that sort of stuff's really cool but yeah I don't know I like I mean I've been a lot of places and nothing really springs to mind I mean there's been a lot of amazing places mm-hmm. but I don't really ride tracks and that sort of stuff or I don't really ride you know like trail centers right yeah and all that sort of stuff or you know like down all tracks and all that so
1: yeah just anywhere that you can find rocks and
2: yeah i mean a lot of people go a oh, whistler and all this sort of stuff just like you know there's that is probably amazing but i'd probably have just as much fun going to <laughs> you know like some derelict house and finding some shit to ride you know which is <laughs> you know it's totally honest you know that's yeah you know. yeah but yeah i like going out to spain that's always been good for me I like going out like around the malaga area and stuff like that i like yeah we're going there in like a couple of weeks and go quite a lot. I like Malaga as a city and just like the whole area around there and but that might just be because I've spent a lot of time over the last 10 years there. Yeah. Uh, you know, know a couple of people there and it just feels, you know, like a second home to me so. Yeah, I like the area.
1: Cool. I mean, do you like do you like desert riding? I mean, that seems really different from where you are like big rocks that are dry and <laughs> compared to where you're used to riding, which is, you know, wet and mossy and who knows what else.
2: <laughs> it's so bad at the moment, dude. You just don't even want to know. It's been raining it for like last four days or something like flat out rain. Oh man! But yeah, I don't know. It's, you get used to, it, don't you? Your product to your environment. I've always said that. It's if you live somewhere warm, it's like you probably don't like it. If you go somewhere cold and wet, you know. Yeah. And it's not something that I've really. I mean, it bothers me a little bit because sometimes you just want to go out and ride some grippy rocks.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
2: then sometimes like that's the fun of it—finding grip where there isn't any. You know, it's like you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's why I like going to Spain because everything's so dry. It's um, But, yeah, like, or anywhere where it's dry and sunny, it's it's great. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Probably enjoy it more nowadays. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I think that's one thing we're getting older. You definitely feel it more in the cold. When you film it, definitely you do. Like, the next day you wake up, like, if you're somewhere warm, it, you feel a lot better than if you do when you wake up and you're freezing cold.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah, do all your filming in the summer, I guess, and then just just release the videos during the year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, We. I think we're going to, I'm not sure. There's a couple of places that we've been sort of looking at going, I'm going to go filming in two weeks somewhere. So, but we haven't, it will be warm somewhere warm for a week. Nice. We haven't really like, you know, nailed it down yet. Yeah. We'll make a decision soon.
1: Cool. So for your latest project, you're focusing a bit more on building your own creative technical features from what I understand. Is this something you've always done yourself or is this like a new interest sort of the idea of trail building or, or creating obstacles?
2: Yeah, I mean, I got through, there was like a little period of time when I first started like really setting out to film stuff that I was going out and building really random little setups, um, you know, like in disused factories and like, you know, or all quarries and stuff like that and just little fun lines. And that's just something that I don't know, like fizzled out really. I mean, a lot of stuff that I ride now, part of me is... It's so laughable, like how I how I set stuff up. It's like you know, literally, I'll find something, just put a couple of rocks in, kick something in with my foot, and then it'll be just like that'll do. You know, crack on. But yeah, the, I mean, the the new little little series that I've sort of started. I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a series because we'll see how it goes down. But like, yeah, it was, it all sort of started as I was looking for trying to trying to do um, some photos that I haven't done for a long time, mm-hmm. and one of my friends and myself were just like, oh, you know, been sort of want to do some photos so we started like scouting around and found a couple of little things and then we we're just like oh we should maybe film like the process of like finding the spot and mm-hmm. building a little spot and you know getting a nice shot out of it and yeah. all that sort of stuff and the idea was I did need some building so I thought oh yeah that'd be cool just go in film the whole process and then just sort of see how it looks you know and then I sort of found this spot to do this line on and then found a couple more lines like all sort of intertwined with one really small area mm-hmm. sort of realized that it could actually be like its own thing. So that's sort of like progressed over like, you know, a couple of days and then we're just like, Oh, so we'll just, we'll just go and film it and see what we can get out of it. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's a slightly different thing, obviously, you know, it's, it's so easy. say so easy. It's easy to just go away for a week and film and mm-hmm. throw it all together. And then, you know, it's like a banging edit or whatever I hope it is. But I think this is like a little bit more, so, I guess it's like more if you want to call it behind the scenes but not really that it's like it is the scene you know it's like it's not real like nothing's really made up you know we did <laughs> you know I, I, I went we I built everything you know and somebody shot photos for something else and we filmed it for the project that's you know coming out next week yeah so I mean it, and the sort of like the that system of going and finding something filming the whole finding it building it and riding it I just thought yeah it, it just it could be a really cool little little, um, little feature that we could like, you know, replicate through the year alongside, alongside doing like, you know, over edits really.
1: Yeah. Well, it almost sounds like you're, you're building like a little mini bike park or mini skills area. And I think that resonates with a lot of people, you know, a lot of mountain bikers, especially because over the years, it seems like the culture has become driving for an hour or whatever to get to a trail center and then doing a ride and then driving home. But I guess you're kind of showing a different side where, you can identify stuff that's, that's super local to you, like in your backyard or, you know, just around the corner and finding ways to, um, make mountain biking more fun, like on a local level and on a really like small, smaller scale.
2: For me, that's what it's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've, I've not been to many trail centers. I mean, there's trail centers near me, you know, like there's one 40 minutes away. It's really good. You know, I've been there. I go there when I've got friends staying cause it's just a cool place to go and do that sort of thing. But if I go ride now, I, I never choose to go to somewhere that's designed to, for, you know, to ride, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just like you go out and it's just something that I've done, you know, throughout my career really. Yeah. Uh, but obviously apart from racing downhill or riding downhill, cause that's a different kettle of fish really, you know, you need, right. You need a hill really, <laughs> not many <plenty laughs> yeah. big hills around here. So you sort of have to travel for that for me anyway, you know, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, it's just sort of like show how you can sort of see outside the box a little bit and you don't need to go on, not necessarily that you don't need to go there, but it's just like, you know, maybe uh, one day you could just go into some woods and you know, find an interesting feature and see what you can get out of it.
1: Yeah. I think that'll definitely resonate with a lot of people Yeah, because yeah, that's kind of the way things are going. People want, they want more local experiences that's really cool.
2: I mean, I hope it goes down all right. I mean, it's just—it's just one of them, really. I mean, it does. It's like it's, like it's not something that I'm only going to do. You know, it's going to be alongside, like going away and doing some, you know, some more usual stuff. Mm -hmm. We'll see.
1: Very cool. So, what else is on your radar for the rest of this year and in the years to come?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a good year. I had a couple of changes around sponsor wise this year, so just been sort of like trying to up my game a little bit this year Mm because I don't know, like I had a lot going on last year that was just sort of more don't want to make it sound like bad but you know like more life stuff sort of going on you know um so it was like I mean I was busy on the back burner putting the um the big project together you know from there to here mm-hmm. which took a lot more time than sort of we thought but, you know and <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah like got married and moved out and did all that sort of stuff and you know it was it was a really good year but like from a you know from a ride I mean I was still riding this year I just want to it sort of got me really focused on going out and getting a lot of stuff done. So I've got a lot of good ideas and ideas that have probably been floating around for a while. I just want to go and do them really. So as I said, I'm going to go out and in two weeks and try to put a little bit more time into like an edit, like a banging edit. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the a lot of time we sort of got into like a little system of like going somewhere for like five days and just smashing myself to bits <laughs> for five days. Yeah. And then like you know whatever we have, we have. And I just feel like I'm probably going to sort of split it up into a couple of trips. And it just puts, sometimes puts quite a lot of pressure on you Mm -hmm. to like just be banging stuff out in areas that maybe you could find something better if you had more time. So I'm going to try really sort of put a lot of effort into like focus on like two or three banging edits. Yeah. And then alongside that, you know, do the, uh, the, you know, the process, something we can go and do like in a, you know, in a day or two and just bang some of them out. And I think we could have some real good fun with them. Yeah. We've already found a couple more ideas just trying to find my feet with it but yeah i think like running a little series alongside some banging edits will be will be good really i think that's where we're going to go with it this year
1: yeah that's great well yeah we always enjoy watching your videos and yeah really stoked to see what you're able to do this year and and in the seasons to come only at last (laughs) (laughs) great well thanks chris for joining us really appreciate it. it's been awesome talking to you
2: yeah thanks for having me on
1: So you can keep up with Chris on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. Uh, Just search Chris Akrig And also you can find him on the Mongoose YouTube channel as well as latest series. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace.